Hello there, and welcome to Not The Farmer's Wife podcast. I'm CJ Steedman, and I'm definitely not the farmer's wife. I am a mum, a partner, a full-time off-farm worker, and enthusiastically a lady farmer. On our farm, Mojo Homestead, we grow chickens, goats, cows, and bees. We practice regenerative agriculture and holistic management. If, like me, you love all things farming and homesteading, and if you'd like to learn from the female farmer's perspective, then I'd love to have you along for the ride. So let's get farming. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Not The Farmer's Wife. Uh, for those that have never met me, I'm CJ. I run Moja Homestead and we are a um, pastured chicken startup, I guess is the best way of putting it. Uh, we sell um, pasture-raised eggs and we're just get starting to get into meat birds as well. Uh, so before I get into this week's episode, uh, I just want to mention to everybody, super excited because next week, this time next week, I will be in launch week for Backyard Chicken Keeping. So if you haven't had a look at it, go to www.mojohomestead.net and if you want a free guide to backyard chicken keeping, you can go forward slash seven must knows. If you're more interested in, say, beekeeping, you can go forward slash bees 101. Or if you would love to find out which breed of chicken is going to best suit you, you can go forward slash chicken breeds. And going to that link will get you to my free webinar that I am running well, next Monday morning, <laughs> I'm running it. So if you're listening to this after the 6th of November, uh, the webinar has already been done. <laughs> but if it's before the 6th of November, then jump on in, register for the webinar, even if you can't be there at the time. Uh, if you're registered, you will get sent a copy of the link to the webinar so that you can watch it after the fact. Uh, but you have to be registered to get that. So jump on and register. Uh, but otherwise, uh, this time next week, we will be in full launch swing mode for backyard chicken keeping. And hopefully we will find ourselves some new uh, backyard chicken mamas and papas who would like to learn about backyard chicken keeping and get their very own chickens for their backyard. Because I think everybody should have chickens in their backyard, but I am a little biased. Anyway. This week's episode is about a problem that uh, most backyard chicken keepers will come across at some point in time, and certainly we have been through the mill with it. Uh, it's not a bad problem to have. It's one of those problems, a bit like saying I've got a tax problem, and you think, well, if you've got a tax problem, that means you're earning money. So that's probably not a bad problem to have. And this one is that kind of problem. Managing excess eggs. Oh my goodness, people don't tell you about this. Because it's not a doomsday kind of problem, because it's a good problem to have, people don't tell you what happens when <laughs> Mother Nature does her thing. And you end up with an oversupply of eggs. The only way to manage it is to work out ways to preserve them or deal with them in some other way. So, you know... I, I'm not a religious person for those that are religious you could rephrase this to you know whichever god you follow uh, but for me mother nature is pretty amazing and she has that rhythm of you know 
going through the summer the spring and summer and autumn cycles and then into winter for a rest period and i really see winter as a rest period the problem is is that when you go through as an somebody living in an agricultural environment when you go through those cycles you see that um, we can oversupply of goodness at certain times of the year so spring and summer for most geographic areas um, nature shows itself off a little bit and says here look what I can produce I'm going to make all of this and um, she works very hard to, to do that oversupply so you'll find that you'll get you know all your blueberries or raspberries will come good at the same time uh, apples generally are all ripe at the same time and need need to be picked can't be you know left out there too long uh, my goats at the moment i am milking and i'm getting two liters every single day just over two liters between the two girls that i've got milking and um i'm struggling to keep up with what to do with my milk so i'm making more mozzarella cheese again today um but you know we there's only so much milk and cheese you can drink and we're going through it you know like crazy but we still have this oversupply and of course eggs is no different in a hen's prime of her life uh she's producing an egg every day and that's great if you've only got one or two chickens then then you might find you don't get this backlog of of eggs but if you've got five chickens most people will struggle to get through all of the eggs and we eat a lot of eggs i can just say we do eat a lot of eggs uh, both my kids would easily sit down and have two eggs in a sitting each time they have eggs so there's no problems with going through eggs but we have a lot of eggs and i do sell them but we also do go through stages where we have too many and what do you do when you've got that glut of <laughs> of extra um the hard bit is is that You'll have that glut of extra in spring and summer and fall to a degree or autumn for us Aussies. Um, but come winter, it gets dark. And particularly for you guys who live in the northern states in the US or in the UK, in the northern areas, um, chickens go off the lay during those winter months because it's very dark and there's not a lot of light. And that tells their body clock that it's time for them to rest because that's what Mother Nature does. Um, if you're in a tropical environment, you might find that there's less of a um, less of a, a kind of a lean period with egg production. But for most of us, there's going to be a lean period of egg production and a glut of egg production. So that's all good, except in the middle of winter when you want eggs on toast because <laughs> you've just made a lovely big loaf of sourdough and you're sitting there going, oh my God, I'd just love to have bacon and eggs or avocado and eggs, which is my favorite. Um, on toast so what do we do now before I discuss all of these methods for storage of eggs and how to preserve them and how to extend the life and things like that one thing I will say is that you can get sick from eating bad eggs um, in my very last episode I discussed some salmonella as a problem for egg um, lovers for egg producers and um, so obviously you know I'm not a doctor I'm not a vet but what I will say is test always test your eggs if you've preserved eggs do a sniff test if it's a cooked egg or dehydrated or anything like that if it's a fresh egg then you can do a float test so with a float test you want to put a, a tub of water say a one liter jug of water 
and you want to put your egg into it just hold it gently and sit it, try and sit on the bottom and then let go of it if the egg stays on the bottom that indicates there's no air pocket in there and the air pocket is what makes an egg go bad if there's no air pocket in there then you're good to go you've got a good egg even if that egg's been preserved if it's sitting on the bottom of the water and not floating to the top that egg is healthy and good to eat that being said i would always crack it in a separate container because <laughs> i have had that experience of what i thought was a good egg cracked into a cake mix and it was bad and i had to throw all the flour and sugar and everything else out as well um but when you do the float test if you put it in there and you let go of it and that egg shoots straight up to the top of the water whether it is sitting just under the water but but seriously floating or whether it's protruding out of the water and floating chances are you've got a bad egg it doesn't mean it's bad every single time you might crack it open it might look fine it might smell fine in which case use your own judgment but chances are if it floats to the top that quickly when you crack it it's going to stink to high heaven so my hot tip and let's just say i may be speaking from experience <laughs> um crack it outside go and stand out on your veranda under your patio crack it into a cup outside if it is bad the smell is gag worthy so <laughs> you you might have a good egg and i've certainly on one of my um on one of my homesteading pages that i am on um somebody just mentioned recently that they've their chickens lay eggs that float all the time even when they're fresh like they've literally just caught it out of the chook's bum they take it into a float test and it floats so obviously those chickens have eggs that have a higher than usual air pocket in them now that to me would indicate that they probably go bad quicker but if the egg's just been laid if you know the date on the egg then chances are it's still good still the best um, last line on that one is if in doubt throw it out do not make yourself sick just to prove a point <laughs> Um, but always test so no matter what method you're going to look at using to either make your eggs last longer or to allow for you to have um, fresh produce through the winter months when you would normally not have that fresh produce uh, test 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 and if in doubt throw it out <laughs> okay so what are the methods that you can use to prolong eggs now I think I've discussed previously on the podcast that I don't refrigerate my eggs and I don't wash the shells. So we know when we get our eggs. We get them in, I write on pencil on the outside of the egg, uh, the date that the egg was uh, hatched or delivered rather, delivered from the chicks. And um, I do want to get a little ink stamp because you can get ink stamps that I've had somebody ask me once about writing with lead pencil on the outside of the egg and they're worried about the lead going through the egg. I'm like, eh, I don't think the shell's going to let lead through. It's pretty, it's porous, but because I don't wash them, um, I think it's pretty solid, that eggshell. I don't think lead's going to get through that. But uh, you can get stamps with um, food grade ink. Um, and that's what the commercial producers use to stamp your eggs with a date so that you know when that egg was laid so you can choose to do what I do which is not wash them and I store them in a dark cool area in the kitchen and um, because I'm start storing them that way I mean, we, we eat the eggs well before they're ever going to go off 
uh, but my eggs are sold the week that they're laid I've never got eggs past the week that they were laid and um, and I talk to all my customers all my customers are similar minded to me so they don't want their eggs washed if they if the eggs got a little bit of gump on the outside of it they will wash the egg right before they use it so that none of that goes into the into the egg when they crack it but for the most part they don't want them washed they don't want to store them in the fridge they want to store them in a cool place in their kitchen and they go through them most of my customers buy eggs either weekly or fortnightly so they are going through them within the fortnight that they laid so we don't have too many problems with using them before they're used by date but if you've got the glut and you're trying to manage how many eggs you've got then there's a few options up your sleeve the first one is the most obvious and it's what a lot of people do regardless anyway which is refrigeration now um, when you store um, eggs in the fridge it will prolong their freshness so you still be able to use them as fresh you don't have to have them cooked or anything you can just keep them fresh in the in the fridge and they will last I've had people say a few weeks but let's face it the eggs outside of the fridge are lasting a few weeks um, when I looked on the government recommendation they say six weeks but I've also seen the the figure three months now I have certainly in the past had eggs in the fridge that have lasted for three months so I think if you're pushing it out to that longer frame of time the main thing is to do that float test if there's any doubt at all throw it out um, but they also say to keep them in their original carton uh, because it helps with the quality instead of putting them into those you know the egg containers you can buy for your fridge they don't recommend that you do that and the reason i think they don't recommend it is if particularly if they're commercial eggs if you're um if you're keeping them in the fridge they and they've been washed they will absorb smells and odors and things from the fridge um so if it's your own eggs if you're keeping them in the fridge my recommendation is don't wash them until you want to use them even if they're gumpy so six weeks to three months is probably your time frame for, for refrigeration which you know is great but it's probably not going to get you through winter um yeah oh three months it might you might be able to push that out so that you just if you keep as many as you can leading up to that time when your chickens are going off their lay during the winter months then you could probably stretch it out a bit so uh, another method is freezing eggs now eggs can be frozen quite simply but not in their shells if you freeze them in the shells you'll destroy them especially raw ones in shells it would not be recommended um, but what you can do is and depending on how you use your eggs so if you're a real scrambled egg kind of person you can actually freeze them after beating them so that when you unfreeze them you've already got a beaten egg and they will hold the texture of that yolk much better the whites tend to hold their texture reasonably well in the freezer but the yolks can be a little gummy so what they do say is if you um, beat them or if you separate the eggs the whites and the yolks which you can also do and freeze them separately they say to add a small amount of salt to the yolk now i've not tried that i've not tried doing it we don't have a whole lot of freezer space so i tend to use methods other than freezing uh, because we're off grid here we're paying for every freezer that is on by draining the batteries um, and so I tend to only have the freezers on that we absolutely have to have on but a little bit of salt in the yolk they say will stop the yolks from becoming that kind of not great texture when you unfreeze them 
Um, now you can freeze them. Some people do it if they're doing just the yolks and the whites separately. They'll freeze them into ice cube trays um, because an ice cube tray is a good size for it, just the yolk. So you can freeze individual yolks. Um, and same with whites. You know the amount of white that you would get is half the size of the egg. So you could do that as well. I've also seen people do it in muffin trays. Uh, where they either use those little silicone cups or just a well-greased uh, muffin tray and they'll drop the whole egg in so it would be like a it'd look like a, a fried egg but raw um, and they freeze it that way and then they pop it out of the trays and out of the uh, muffin tins and put it into a clip seal bag in the freezer so they can just take out a piece at a time for whatever it is they need it for now this works very well if you aren't looking to poach or fry eggs so scrambled eggs it would work well if you're looking to add eggs to cakes or baking or cooking or anything like that then that system that freezing system could work really well for you and certainly um, you know you can you can make them last a lot longer than a refrigerated egg so with freezing you're probably going to get about a year out of the eggs so the eggs should still be good 12 months after you put them in there so it's definitely going to cover you can you can store them up when you've got this serious oversupply and that's definitely going to cover your winter period sorry just having little sips there because my throat's really dry um all right so my preferred method which this is the the uh, best raw method i think is water glassing now if you haven't seen water glassing you need to go along to um my, either my TikTok or my Instagram or Facebook accounts and have a look for my water glassing video. I did put 50 eggs in um, about, oh God, what are we now? It's October. Um, so about three months ago, four months ago, I put 50 eggs into a mixture of water and calcium hydroxide. Now, the idea is, is that you get a big tub of water. It can be plastic or glass, doesn't matter. A uh, big tub fill it with water put the appropriate amount of calcium hydroxide which you can google that amount it'll tell you how much it wasn't a lot um, put that into the water give it a good mix make sure it's all mixed in and then I placed the eggs in there so I placed them they talk about placing them pointy and down which you try and do but I mean they move a bit obviously um, but you want the eggs completely submerged in that calcium hydroxide water mix um, and what that does is the water and the calcium hydroxide go all the way around the outside of the egg and it closes the pores essentially of the shell. So then you have an egg that can sit in that solution and it's not absorbing air, it's not absorbing odors, it's not absorbing any bacteria or anything else from the outside world. When it comes time to use it, you simply take how many eggs you want out rinse them under a cold water tap just to get most of the calcium hydroxide mix off the outside of the shell and then crack them and use them just like a normal fresh egg. Now the joy of this method is that you can store them in that container in a cool dark place ready for this up to two years they will last. I cannot believe it I can't wait I'm running the test obviously on ours so that was Four months ago so at the six month mark I'm going to crack an egg and I'll post a video of me cracking it to show how fresh it is still at the 12 month mark I'll crack another egg at the 18 month mark I'll crack another egg and then at two year mark I'll crack another egg and we'll have a look and see <laughs> whether or not they're nice and fresh and how how they look 
um, but people have been using this method of preserving eggs for a long time homesteaders have and people don't talk about it but it's such a cool method because you get a fresh egg and at the same time you don't need refrigeration uh, you don't need any kind of power source so for people like me who are off grid it's a perfect solution for you know I've got a glut of eggs and I did have a glut of eggs you know four months ago I had more eggs I like I honestly couldn't sell all my eggs and that's why I did the preservation because I thought I'll just see how I go with it this will be a great test run so come back and see me in two years time and I'll tell you what the eggs lasted but uh, at this stage that I go and check them occasionally you've got to make sure that the water level stays above the the, the level of the eggs um, but they're looking really good none have floated to the top so that's a good sign that means no none of them have got air in them um, and yeah we'll test them and see how they go I'm not going to tell the handy helper but he's likely going to be my guinea pig for testing these eggs because he does love a fried egg oh, so the next one dehydration now you know, you've probably seen in the shops um, if you've done any camping or if you've been in the military and had to use uh, rat packs we used to call them um, or you know the um, ration packs so the dehydrated food packs that you can take out camping with you or if you're going somewhere where you're going to be completely off grid where you can just add hot water to something mix it and have reconstituted food which tastes like shit by the way but you know if you're hungry you'll you'll eat whatever you've got um, but dehydrating eggs is um, a system that I haven't used, but I'm very keen to have a crack at. Uh, it's great for being able to mix them into baking or scrambled egg mixes. So if you're making a quiche, having dehydrated eggs would be perfect for that because you don't need them to reconstitute in a format that they look just like an egg. You, you're happy for them to be just liquid egg. Um and certainly it would be much nicer, I think, than the liquid egg that they sell in the shops, which I sometimes wonder how much egg is actually in the liquid egg. You read the back of it and there's more ingredients listed than you can poke a stick at. But dehydrating um, is pretty simple. When I, I went and had a look to see what people do to dehydrate, some people are doing it at home just in their oven, um, just in a toaster oven or a normal oven, um, and they are literally cracking the egg, whisking it, then laying it down on a tray in a flat fashion kind of like how you would do fruit leather if you were dehydrating fruit juice or leather or fruit pulp to make straps for kids to chew on um, they dehydrate it in a similar fashion to that and um, then once it's all dehydrated they'll put the chunks of dehydrated egg into a blender and blend it up into a fine powder and then they store that powder and it's a good idea to store that powder with something that maybe one of those little absorby packs where any moisture that is trapped in there uh, will be absorbed into that so you don't get any moisture because the moisture would ruin it so nice and dry into a sealed airtight container and then you can just scoop out the powdered ratio and you know you have, you'd need to work out i'm sure there's somebody who's worked it all out you know if you do 12 eggs you know how much of a scoop you need out of your powdered eggs to make the equivalent of one egg um, but you can do it that way now you can buy dehydrators and it's on my hit list I want a dehydrator but I need to you know go and really do some research about what dehydrators are going to work for us here because we are off-grid and because we're draining ba battery power when we have things like you know the oven running 
um, I need to make sure that whatever dehydrator I get is not going to chew through all of my battery power every time I put it on because that can be a bit frustrating. It's okay in summer when the sun is beaming down nice and hard and fast but uh, in winter you couldn't use it. But that's okay because our gluts are normally in summer so you know. Uh, so dehydrators I had a bit of a research on it and you, you look you can pick one up for about $40 and like I say you could just use your oven and that's that's going to work too but if you want a proper dehydrator you can go anywhere upwards from $40 up to thousands but I did see and it was an American page I think it was American Amazon because I'm on American Amazon as well as um, Australian Amazon um, you're looking around anywhere between the 100 US dollars up to you can go up as high as 400 US dollars uh, but but around that 150 US dollars um, which for us in Australia is almost 300 bucks but still um, they're the good ones they're the ones that people are recommending they do the job well they dehydrate evenly they're easy to clean you can set a timer and have it on you know that super low dry heat you know for 24 hours or whatever so there were some really good uh, reviews on a couple of them there and certainly if you were getting into this in a big way where you were maybe dehydrating milk eggs you know really prepping and keeping those things on on shelf life for a lot longer then a dehydrator is definitely the way to go it it again is similar to the water glassing in that you don't need a freezer you don't need power long term to keep that item fresh once the item's dehydrated you can keep it in a in a airtight container and it will last now how long will it last so I had a look and the best I could come up with was properly done with no moisture in there uh, or maybe with one of those little satchels of you know absorby bags um, it should last up to two years for dehydrated eggs so that is a huge bonus two years is much longer than your freezer or your fridge efforts um, again it's on par with glassing um, water glassing but um, you know if you know that you need some fresh eggs and some where it doesn't have to be fresh doesn't have to be reconstituted to look like an egg then it's probably not a bad idea to dehydrate some and water glass others uh, and that way you definitely be covered over that winter period so what are the other methods and they're the main ones those ones and certainly dehydration and water glassing would be my two preferred methods um, if you're off grid at all then freezing it, you know, freezer space always becomes absolutely critical um, over winter so you don't want to go overboard with that so the other options that you have are pickling eggs um, now I have not pickled eggs I've done a little bit of canning in my time and I'm trying to get back into it now but pickling eggs is done when you are you use a hard-boiled egg so you pre-cook it and then you soak it in a pickling brine that usually includes things like vinegar spices herbs and the egg will take on some of the flavor of that brine now done right um, and my understanding is the egg needs to be submerged under the brine like all things when you're pickling you know if it's not submerged then the air can get to it and can damage it um, done properly pickled properly it can last in the fridge about three months so that might be an option to, to pickle a, a jar of eggs to put in the fridge so that um, when you do want you know a fresh boiled egg kind of thing um, if you haven't if you don't want to dig into your water glass eggs then you you could use a pickled egg and certainly three months will get you over you know a big chunk of that you know period of no eggs um, now the next one is not an approved method 
and I'm not going to go into too much detail because of that. Canning eggs. Now, I've, as I said, I'm just starting to get back into canning um, and <laughs> I was listening to a podcast the other day, a lovely lady who's been canning for like 30 years over in the States and she said that she used to she's watched people can dairy products and eggs and things like that and she said and she used to probably do it herself but she said there's no approved method of canning eggs and there's no approved method of canning milk or butter or things like that either um now that being said there are always going to be experimenters there's always people who want to experiment with different canning methods and different systems and to those people i take my hat off to you uh canning is an art and it's almost like a mathematical art um, if you know somebody who's a canner hold on to them with everything you've got because they are worth their weight in gold um, there'll always be people that try canning and if you want to try canning hit me up show me what you did i'm curious to see what you would do to to can eggs um, but the usda who i look to for some of the ticks and checks they have said there's no approved method for canning eggs and so I won't be trying to can eggs. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I don't want to say I'm not smart enough, but I'm not clever enough with canning to work out the ins and outs around that. So it's not something that I would elect to do. Uh, so the next one, which is also something I would not elect to do, but if anybody out there wants to do it and wants to send me some photos of how they did it, I would be so interested in seeing this done. So salt preservation which is what they refer to sometimes as chinese century eggs now that's a method where um, fresh eggs are covered with a mixture of clay ash salt or quicklime and or quicklime and um, are kept covered by those those things now when they are kept covered they the eggs undergo a bit of a chemical change and it will impact the flavor but it's a flavor that um, certainly within Asian dishes, preserved eggs are, you know, can be used as a very, very um, good ingredient for certain Asian dishes with that extra flavour and, and that different texture in it. Now, I couldn't find anything on time frames, but I have heard of people talk about 100-year-old eggs. Now, I don't think a lot of people are keeping them for 100 years, <laughs> but I think the idea is that they're very, very long-term preser preserved storage, stored eggs. Um, so if there's anybody out there that knows anything about preserving uh, like eggs under the Chinese system with salt and ash hit me up I'd love to see it done I, I think it'd be very interesting uh, but if you are interested I would suggest that you seek out somebody who has done it previously um, food health and safety is not something you really want to mess with without good reason so if you can find somebody who's done it before um, i'm sure there's probably a youtube clip or something like that on it go find it have a look let me know i'm super super curious so the next couple of ways are the obvious um bake food with eggs in it <laughs> so if you've got too many eggs one of the things that you can do is to cook um meals that use a lot of eggs things like frittatas and quiches are the obvious choice um, egg salads or casseroles are another another choice um, have a have a if you're having a party do deviled eggs i can remember having deviled eggs as a kid i haven't done them for years um, but i loved them so that would be a good way to use up your eggs now 
obviously that means you're eating your glot of eggs which you might get a bit sick of after a while you can freeze things so there's certain things that you can freeze i've frozen frittatas and quiches no problems some people say they get a bit rubbery on on um defrosting but i think if you just let them defrost in the fridge or at room temperature without trying to heat them up too quick they tend not to to do that rubbery thing and they seem to last a bit longer um but if you can uh, freeze things if you've got freezer space then cook up a couple of quiches chuck them in the freezer that's a good quick dinner for through winter when you're in a hurry and you just want to get the quiche out or the frittata out and chuck it in the oven um and and heat it back up and have that for dinner and you don't even have to cook it it's already done so that would be a good option um things like cakes as well there's no reason why you can't cook up some cakes if you if you have a cake recipe that uses you know six or seven eggs cook it up whack it in the freezer bring it out in the middle of winter cake already done um the other thing is egg dishes like i said the deviled eggs or the egg salads things that use a lot of eggs sorry oh mid yawn anybody think that i didn't get a lot of sleep last night um probably because i didn't <laughs> uh so um those kind of dishes though we're doing things like deviled eggs or egg salad they're, they're only suitable for keeping in the fridge in the fridge um, for a couple of days they're not going to give you that longer term uh, egg storage that you would get you know from from the water glassing dehydration things like that freezing them now this leads me to the very last one which i think is probably the most important thing you need to consider and certainly that's what led to us getting to the point where we sell our eggs is that if you have an oversupply of eggs consider selling them now before you go oh my god no i don't want to sell eggs oh fuck like you know that's not me i'm not you know i don't want to make money off it i just want to have my backyard chickens hear me out first if you aren't comfortable selling eggs get comfortable most people in your circle and in your area are going to be more than happy to pay for farm fresh eggs i uh sell mine at seven dollars fifty a carton that's australian seven dollars fifty a carton and the number of times i have people say oh they can't be that cheap i'll pay you more and i say no 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 seven dollars fifty is what i always sell them for that's what i sell them for per carton for for 12 eggs now to start with i was only asking five dollars and the number of times that people would say to me oh five dollars is too cheap here take ten uh and that's why i put the price up because everybody just kept saying to me that's way too cheap now when everybody's telling you something is way too cheap chances are it is uh we still have to pay for our upkeep of our girls we still have to pay for their food if they get sick we're the ones responsible for taking them to the vet or getting them medication so don't feel bad about selling your eggs people will be more than happy to pay for farm fresh eggs and most people especially i certainly in the area that i live in most people would rather pay me seven dollars fifty for a carton of eggs than pay a factory farm producer who puts free range on the side of his packet when his chooks aren't really free range paying them the same amount they would much rather the money come to me they know that when money stays in a local economy it's going to go towards the local economy i mean any money that i get from my eggs goes straight back into to me either buying groceries or, or egg supplies or paying for other things on the farm so that money stays within the local economy which is a good thing it's not a bad thing and you know you really need to to kind of take away that whole point of oh no but i don't like selling i'm not a seller blah 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 people will pay you for your eggs 
don't say no just say thank you so much because that's exactly what you should be doing money is not the enemy money is not a bad thing money is what makes the world go around um if you really still can't do it if you're really that you know mortified at the idea of selling your produce barter that's my last option on it barter your eggs are valuable and they're worth something ask the person if you really can't if you've got a next door neighbor and you think oh god i can't sell eggs to them i would just feel terrible selling eggs to them what if what if something went wrong what if they got a bad egg what if they, an egg was cracked in the carton which all happens and when it does happen all you can do is apologize offer to replace it and and move on um if you really can't do it even after all that barter say what do you produce what do you grow in your backyard what do you make do you make sourdough bread you know you might not be good at making sourdough bread and they might be really good at it um do they uh grow you have they got a fruit tree in the yard or a nut tree because they're always you know i will scavenge any nut trees that i get produce off um do they grow something in the vegetable garden that's something that you're not prepared to grow or you just find it a bit problematic or you you just don't want to put the effort in swap them say look i really like you know this you've got a berry bush you've got a blueberry bush or a raspberry bush in your backyard i really don't have the time to do that but i'm happy to swap your carton of eggs for a little punnet of uh, raspberries or blueberries and you're probably going to find that they're going to work out what the average value is for things and you they'll be happy to swap you what the value is for your eggs in produce don't feel bad about it it's how things used to get done and it's how the world should really be if you i i don't have a problem with money i think money is a great thing i love having money having money gives me so much freedom um so i would never say no <laughs> but if you really feel bad about it bartering is the way to go why should you give away something that's worth that has a value and not have something in return of a similar value so what do you need to do if you want to sell your eggs because you might go well shit i don't want to do it if it's gonna yeah i don't want to do something illegal i don't want to yeah and for those people out there listening who go i don't give a fuck about doing something illegal good on you um you should go and read joel salison's book uh everything i want to do is illegal great book anyway so for those of you though that are worried about what you need to do to comply with certain legislations in your country without getting yourself into trouble i have got a little list here so in australia you do not have to register to sell eggs if you are selling under 240 eggs per week now we have 35 girls out there and we are nowhere near 240 uh, sorry 240 dozen oh no it's 240 240 so 12 dozen yeah that's right 12 dozen so 240 eggs a week we're not coming close to that yet okay <laughs> we get well i shouldn't say that we're probably getting close um and we will need to register eventually but if you are backyard chicken keeping and you are giving away two cartons of eggs a week you are fine you're well under that limit in the u.s you do not need to be registered if you have under three thousand birds now i've got 35 if you've got 3,000 birds, you are one serious egg producer. <laughs> so anything under 3,000 birds, you do not need to be registered. You can sell eggs at your farm gate. You can sell eggs, barter, do whatever you want with them. In the UK, it's a little bit trickier, and I had to read it three times to get it. I don't know why they make it so difficult to understand. Uh, so no need to register unless you send any of your eggs for grading at a registered egg packing centre 
which kind of defeats the purpose of having backyard chickens. But if you are sending them to a registered egg packing center, then you have to register. If you have 50 or more hens and you sell ungraded eggs at a local public market, so if you're taking it down to the Saturday, you know, the Saturday markets and you have 50 or more hens, then you have to be registered. So I would still be under that. I still wouldn't be registered in the UK. Or if you have 350 or more hens, which makes sense. That's kind of not quite as high as that 3,000 birds in the US, but it's still, if you, was, if you had 350 hens, then chances are you're more of a commercial producer anyway, not a backyard producer. So they're the only times you need to be registered. Any other time, don't worry about it. Now, the last thing I'm going to finish on is to remember that eggs are a food stuff. They are a food that we consume and handle them with care and proper sanitation. I wash my hands so frequently that they're probably destroyed. Um, if you don't want to be washing your hands all the time, wear gloves. It's, you know, you can wear gloves where you're handling all your eggs and that kind of thing. Um, if you don't want um, chook poop and <laughs> busted chicken egg yolk all over your hands and things like that, uh, just wear a pair of gloves, uh, disposable gloves or even cotton gloves and you can just wash them. But make sure that you adhere to food safety guidelines when preserving or storing them. And certainly all of those methods that I talked about, the canning method, like I said, there are people that are always going to be renegades and pirates out there who go ahead and do the canning, even though it's not recommended. And to you guys, I take my hat off. You're braver than me. Um, but for the most part, you will find standards for each of those things. Water glassing is still a very common technique amongst homesteading circles. And you'll find what the um, ratio is of calcium hydroxide to water uh, on YouTube somewhere. Uh, that's where I found it. Um, but it's really important to make sure you label all your eggs. So if you're preserving a big jar of water glassed eggs, make sure you write the date on that they all went in. Um, and yeah, the, the dates maybe that the eggs range from. So for me, I had 50 eggs. That was four day, no, two days worth. At the time it was two days worth of eggs. So I could say from this date to this date is when those eggs were produced so i know exactly how old they are same with freezer ones label the bags make sure you know eggs produced this date frozen this date so that you know how long they've been in there for and always pick the oldest ones to use first so that you then get through that winter period with the freshest possible eggs you can have each time you use them so that's it for this week um, I love the fact that we get a glut of eggs occasionally and you know even if you've only got two or three chooks in the backyard every now and then you will find you end up with a glut of eggs where all the girls go crazy all week and you know if you've got three chooks you know at the end of the week you've got 21 eggs now uh, if you're a small family and you're not going through huge amounts of eggs 21 eggs is you know it's nearly two cartons of eggs so <laughs> you'll get up there real quick <laughs> Um, and any questions about any of that, by all means, hit me up on the socials. You know, I'm happy to help and answer any questions if I know. And if I don't know, we'll try and find out together. So don't forget to register for the webinar if you haven't done so already, um, because it's going to be on a week from now. So make sure you jump on and register. And like I say, even if you can't be there, if you've got to work or you've got other commitments, if you can't be there, if you're registered, you will get sent a copy of the webinar. So you'll still get to see it. Uh, and you can just watch it in your own time. It's probably going to go for about 45 minutes at this stage. That's unless I get yabbering at the end. Um, but otherwise, I will talk to you all next week 
when I'm super, super excited because I'll be smack in the middle of launch. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. See ya. Thanks so much for listening today. I hope you've enjoyed our time together. If you did, I'd be so grateful if you left me a review. I would also absolutely love it if you tagged me in your next post on your favourite socials at either Not The Farmer's Wife or Mojo Homestead. And don't forget to get your free guide to backyard chicken keeping at www.mojohomestead.net backslash seven must knows. And remember, grow the life you want to live. See ya.